Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And we are staying within the interview sessions. And in a few moments, we're going to introduce Jimmy Rushton. Uh, so let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. Long time. Is it 20 years? I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. And when you're friends with Greg, you become friends with his whole family. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And you, Greg's mom is like our, our best listener. She is. She uh, gives critiques. She gives critiques. Uh, yeah. The, the mic that we're using here was, uh, uh, something that, uh, that was added so that my voice could be as strong as Alistair's voice. And it brings out your warmth. It brings out my warmth. Yeah. There you yes. go. So Greg and I have been managers or leaders or supervisors for most of our careers. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. And we've been hosting this podcast series dealing with how we and others have missed the mark for over three years now. Uh, and as we work through the podcast series, we realize that uh, it'd be great to have other people come onto the podcast with maybe a different experience and a different view on things and uh, invite them to pull up a chair at the diner, which is where this all uh, started. And just have a good conversation. And with everything we do, um, we just want to have a good, healthy conversation. I think we're going to have a good, healthy conversation today as well. I agree. I agree. You know, we we know very well, as you said, that we have our experiences. And although you and I are similar age, we have completely different backgrounds. And, completely. And that really allows us to kind of provide those perspectives. But we recognize that still our backgrounds are slightly narrow, our age and our backgrounds and all those kinds of things. So we'd love to just bring in different perspectives from different types of organizations, different backgrounds, whole bunch, bunch of different things. And it helps us widen our scope. And it's interesting. There are differences and there's a lot of similarities. Well, what I find interesting about when you and I are talking about something is that we often arrive at a similar point, but we've gone on a very different journey to get there. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, we're bringing somebody else in today. Nice. Jimmy Rushton. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. It's good to hear like your self-introductions and reflections already. This will be fun. We just like to talk. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> and, and during COVID, who else do we talk to? That's right. Yeah, it began, it began as a survival mechanism and, and evolved from there. Yeah. So, Jimmy, before we jump into it, I'm going to read your very brief bio, which I have some questions about. But, sure. Uh, so Jimmy is husband to Heidi, dad to Caitlin and Ella, an avid reader, extremely amateur golfer, which automatically we identify with strongly. I'm a third, second, or I think I've dropped down to third alternate for the Brantford crew mm -hmm. that golf. Do you guys still <laughs> golf on Friday mornings? We do. We 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 golf uh, probably in your neighborhood. I think it's Shadok. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 the cheapest, uh, highest value golf course that you can find. It's and the, fantastic and the most unflat golf course. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, good cardio. Walking, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> An no. unapologetic coffee snob. What's your favorite coffee? I love when somebody says they're a snob. I really want to know what your favorite coffee is right now. Yep. Smalls in, uh, in Hamilton. It's a tiny little small shop. Uh, if you're looking for like an espresso, that's the spot. If you're looking for a drip coffee, also the spot, they have a Brazilian sourced butter knife um, coffee which I usually have a little bit of cream in my coffee, but mostly black. And this is a coffee that I always have black. It tastes like peanut butter and jam, which if you're a fan of coffee, check. If you're a fan of peanut butter and jam, which I am, it's the best of both worlds. 
So highly recommend Smalls and Hamilton downtown. Oh, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the address. I will check it because next, um, I think in post golf, there sounds like something there. Uh, peanut butter and jam and yep. a rich deep coffee. Yeah. That, that could be heaven. It's life changing. I, it's the only thing I'm not like a big gift guy at Christmas, but every year that's the only thing I ask for. Um, actually two things, pot of golds, uh, uh, like the pot of gold chocolate box. Cause it's like a family tradition. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, uh, and then that, that ground coffee. Well, Jimmy, if you send me a link for this, I, I, I don't even drink coffee, but I'm going to, I'm going to indulge all our listeners that probably do. If you send me a link to the outfit, I will put it in the show notes afterwards. So everybody else can share in it and and, and create you a longer wait when you're getting your coffee. Perfect. (laughs) So Jimmy is currently a member of the senior leadership team of the meeting house and gives primary leadership to teaching and coaching. So Mm -hmm. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast again. Yeah. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, well, we're we're really looking forward to it as well and really kind of tapping into your experience and knowledge. And I I think probably in Alistair's prep, because he's always so organized, he shared, you know, what we really, what we do on this podcast is just share our experiences. And often when we have interviews, it's really about just tapping into uh, normally on our journey to grow as leaders, there are two ways that we learn. We learn from experiences that positively help us, those things that really stand out as moments uh, of growth and learning that really made a difference. And we'll also talk a little bit later about things that sometimes you learn when it wasn't so good as well. Right. <laughs> and and they're both good. Uh, however, it's just what you choose to do with them. So the first question we have for our, our guests is always, if you could share some experiences that have positively helped you grow as a leader, what are the things along your journey that have, have really been important for that you've said, Hmm, this is, this is something that I want to, that I really valued and I want to be able to then, uh, uh, leverage it as I continue to grow as a leader. Yeah, I would say the the two f- most formative uh, examples of like my experience of being shaped as a leader, one was just like a, a shoulder tap and a call out. And the other was through like, honestly, suffering um, and conflict. So um, I have an undergrad, I have a Bachelor of Education in Religion. I never, ever, ever thought I would be in ministry or clergy or be a pastor, which is my, you know, daytime role. I always thought I'd be a high school teacher. Um, and plan to do that. And after my first year of university, I was a Christian university, but always towards the ed tract. Um, I had uh, an older, like senior leader in in a ministry church context who heard me speak. Um, and I, I really didn't have that close of a relationship with him. He had more of a closer relationship with my parents. And anytime in that context and in that age for me, that a pastor or like paid professional holy person sought me out, I always thought I was in trouble. So I remember like giving a, a, a brief like devotional thought, uh, which was not well organized, not well formed and formed, and in my opinion, certainly not articulate. Um, he just like beelined for me after and I was like, oh shoot, what did I say? I'm never doing this again. And all those personal insecurities mm. of like, I just don't qualify to be here to do this. He was like, I just want to talk to you for a second. And he just took me aside and said, Jimmy, I see just like raw ability in you. Um, I want to help you. So I want you to hear that from me as somebody who's close with your family and I think wants to be close with you. Um, and like, what opportunity can we, can we give you to, at least in this context for a short period of time? Cause I was only home for the summer. Mm. Um, what opportunity can we give you to kind of hone your craft? So I think that was the first time where I'm like, 
hey, especially in a church context, which I realize isn't won't be all of your listeners, but for somebody who really pushed against the whole church thing and struggled to find my my space in the the God atmosphere to have a really gentle, thoughtful, old, older leader say, I see something in you. Uh, mm. And it's 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 a gift. It's an ability, and you should use it and craft it. So I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. So that would be the first instance. The second was I did an internship in an organization where my manager got fired in front of me. Uh, and so within an hour, the person who I reported to in my cubicle was right outside his desk. I watched our most senior level leader in this organization fire my direct manager. And I remember just thinking like, holy smokes, here we go. I'm, I guess my internship is over. How is this going to affect the staff, the culture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the intestinal fortitude of that senior level manager who did the firing, he met with me within the hour and I was like, I realized how difficult that must have been. You were close to this person. Um, you know, don't let that be spoil your experience. And let's just make a plan that every meeting that you plan to have with him will, will be with me. Mm. So first of all, just the intention, I think, of like naming the conflict and the pain and the issue and not just being like, wow, I mean, he's an intern, whatever, uh, was really, really meaningful. And then the consistency, like this guy followed up and did what he said he would do. So um, whereas I had a weekly meeting with my, you know, direct manager, that was now replaced with the most senior level leader in this organization mm -hmm. and not a small organization either. So I would say just seeing how to lead well with integrity, not without pain, but to lead well with integrity through conflict um, and even a departure uh, was really, really formative. And one of the things that he said to me um, was, you know, I want you to memorize this concept, tell, show, do, and do again, tell, show, do, and do again. Whenever you have to make a decision or you're in process or you're leading a team, tell them or tell yourself what your expectations are, show them physically, here's how to do it, have them do it, and then do it together as a team. And that was, like I said, uh, 20, almost 20 years ago, and I've never forgotten that either. Mm. So those are two like kind of off the cuff, um, really, really formative examples of, um, of leadership strategy, but m mostly like, um, leadership integrity, uh, mm. from people that I was, I was reporting to. Wow. I love those stories. It, just the I want to go back to the first one. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about this person. Cause I mean, just seems like, uh, you know, such a beautiful, to to actually be present to see something and then to come to you and create that space for you and that type of thing. I'm just curious a little bit more about what were the kind of attributes of this person that really, in addition to them seeing that possibility in you? Because I, I think we've talked before about the best leaders are ones that see what I don't see yet. Uh, yeah. And I, that, yeah. Yeah. I think my first, like my, if you, if we were to hop in a time machine, the three of us, and all your listeners, uh, and go back to like that moment or shortly before, I would have said, what are the attributes? He's old and stuffy and I probably want nothing to do with him, which is more a reflection of myself then. Uh, than <laughs> um, but then 10 minutes after that conversation, yeah, you're exactly right, is attributes of like, this is a person who had been in this church setting for, I think he'd been there 
for 16 years or something like that. So a long time. Um, and then through experience, like I, I was a teenager, right? Like I was, I was 19 years old. Um, so, so to seek out a younger person to just like encourage and affirm, mm. uh, spoke so highly because he could have very well with, um, warranted say hey loved how you talked really good let me give you like five points on how this could have been improved uh instead he 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 just really affirmed my strengths and wanted to give me more opportunities so again tell show do again mm. um and then I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with you probably are have read marcus buckingham of like putting your strengths to work mm-hmm. um I saw that in him too, of like, you manage your weaknesses, but you elevate, empower and hone your strengths. And yeah, I'm looking back, I would say he was, he was onto that. Uh, yeah, he was onto that back then. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's very, that's very cool. And, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that, especially today in today's world, and as we go into how do you applied some of these things, you know, life is frantic these days. And, mm. and I think sometimes what happens, we've talked in our podcast is that we, we get so busy that we forget to look and see and take the time to create those spaces that you experience yeah. with that gentleman. Uh, that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, one of the things that we've been shaping this, this podcast series to do is to take advantage of our business contacts, our charitable contacts, and then also bringing in the uh, sacred world a little bit. And already in this conversation, it is so applicable no matter which sphere that you work in. I think yeah. all our experiences are the same, and it just reinforces to me the importance of of listening to other people, no matter what they do for a living or you know what industry they're in. Um, has there been any other uh, kind of aspects of leadership? that you've seen uh, people execute or, or just live out uh, in in uh, your experience that you've found uh, contributed to a, like a really good environment where everybody can participate, where everybody can just, uh, you know, bear down and do what it, whatever it is that they need to do? I would say most consistently, like the most positive um, from the outside looking in, uh, in terms of colleagues, both in marketplace and ministry settings and also personally, it was two things, um, long obedience in the same direction. So sticking with people, whether they're under your purview or employment or not, like if we value people over performance, um, that always has, has, uh, spoken so highly to me. It's like, I'm just going to be with this person because I want to see them develop as a leader. Um, whether they're with, my organization or ministry or charity. I just want to stick with this person because I believe in them as a person. Um, and then consistency of like following up, I think has been really impactful. The The two most consistent leaders um, that I've had that are influential in my everyday journey as a leader are decades older. You know, one is in his late 60s and the other is in his late 70s, you know. So, in a normal world, there should be really no reason for us to ever hang out, mm-hmm. right? Like, and to see these older leaders um, being like, "Yeah, no, I, I just believe in the next generation. I believe in uh, good, solid character-building leadership and its necessity in the world to improve the world." And so, why would I not invest in you? So that's been really impactful for me, and I think, I hope, I've carried that tradition on and mentoring 
uh, and being consistent with, uh, you know, other peer colleagues and younger colleagues as well. So yeah, consistency, long obedience in the same direction, uh, and that generational like passing down of the leadership torch, but also like still walking with is really impactful as well. I love all that. I love the intentionality of it. And even when uh, in that earlier example, where when your direct supervisor was fired by the head of the organization, uh, just that intentionality around making sure that you're okay or recognizing you and bringing you along, and then you pass yeah. that gift off to somebody else. I think it's something that really we miss sometimes in, uh, uh, so I've worked in charitable organizations, I've worked in government, and now I'm in private industry for the first time in my life. And I, I think, you know, in all those situations, that intentionality is so, so important. Like, yeah. you know, what am I doing here? Like, what do I want in the future? And even past when I'm going to be here and, and retired and do whatever, I just think that's, uh, uh, that's a theme I, I'm hearing already today, which I think is really, really powerful. Yeah, I think it was uh, the other thing that's interesting for me is that from a business perspective, uh, not only is it a good thing to do intentionally as a person, guess what? It's, 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 it's amazing from a business perspective. Cause if you become known as someone who actually cares for the long term, um, I've had so many people that I've mentored, kept uh, alongside uh, throughout the, my career, and people know about that and point them to you and say, you want to yeah. go and work in a great organization, you want to go work for a great leader, here's someone because here's what they did for me. And also the boomerang effect, and we're hearing lots about this today where people are leaping for money or different yep. experiences, and then they're getting there and they're going, yikes. Yeah, what switch did I make and why? Yep. And and coming back and saying, you know what, I was growing within that environment. I was being challenged in that environment. They saw the possibilities in me. And and, and so I, I just think it's a, it's a smart, smart business thing to do. Uh, my daughter and uh, I were talking, my child and I were talking today about uh, about diversity and inclusion. And um, I've always said, this is a no-brainer because the, you know, who is the people that you're hiring? Who, who where is the, uh, the, uh, the talent pool coming from? It's very diverse. And if you can help people feel a sense of belonging and connectivity and the things that you're talking about are what creates that because it's deep trust and belief that you have in me as an individual. And, yeah, uh, and, I, and it, it can be so for, sorry to cut you off. No, there. go. It can be so so foreign too, especially with, you know, the generation under me, my wife and I, I think I mentioned this to you, Alistair, in our kind of pre-talk, but um, my wife and I own a bakery as well. And so we have a, um, a couple staff team members. And just recently, like last week, we did our first sit down with two new staff team members for just like a, a check-in. Like it wasn't a performance evaluation. It was just a check-in. And the number of times that we heard from those two younger staff, all of which are in their 20s, that like, am I in trouble? What did I do? What should I like? Just fear, 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 fear uh, was fascinating. And even though we were responding back, being like, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. We want to hear how we can support you better. We want to establish some team goals and we want to set you up for success for the future. That's what it's about. And do you know what the first question when we sat down with the two of them was? Are we in trouble? Mm, was wow. Like, oh, my goodness. Okay. No. So, uh, even just trying to round out it. And there were some things that we needed to establish of like best practices and patterns for our business. But then ending that discussion of being like, we want you both here. We think you're doing a great job. And here are very specific things that we've noticed that both of you do. And we're not the like managers, we're the owners, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I we could have very well just been like, hey, here are the performance metrics. Here's what you need to sell better. Here's what you're sucking at and get better. See you later. Uh, but it's just the longevity with those kinds of conversation is pretty short. But investing in the people and having them be heard, even if like what they need to hear as well is some constructive criticism, I think, especially for the younger generation, uh, just speaks volumes, volumes. I agree. You know, there's lots of studies right now that are talking about the importance of belonging for sure and connectivity, but also the importance of clarity yeah, and totally. accountability. You know, mm-hmm. so many of the young people are saying, I want to be held accountable because I want to be successful. So I won't know unless you do that for me, but in a way in which that balances this belongingness as well. And uh, pretty powerful. But It does take time, though, but it, uh, it, it will result in great impacts because then they're going to be all in. And when people are all in, we know the impact of that on whatever your business is. Yeah. And I love how you put it earlier of like – we're under no um, assumptions that like our current staff team at the bakery or anywhere else uh, is going to be here for forever. But even better if when those people do leave for bigger, better, whatever things are like exactly what you said, I grew here. Like this was mm. a, I'm, I'm leaving this place with a net positive, not like a net negative being like, oh, I've wasted such and such amount of years out of my life being here. Yeah. Because the communication boy, uh, you know, there's, of course, there's glass, uh, glass door and all those things that are out there, but even, uh, the informal networks of where to go and where not to go, who to work yeah. for and who not work for is, is speed of light. So, um, totally right. uh, totally you know, right. create that space. Uh, oh, uh, so one of the things we also want to, we, we learn from is the things that aren't so good. And actually, I thought you were going to go there when the person you said the person fired uh, the person in front of you because sometimes that's yeah. the, but the recovery of that is pretty powerful. So sometimes we make mistakes. I also love the fact that you know uh, normally you'd say fire someone in not in front of someone, take it to a private office, and maybe it was a private office. But you know, even when we make mistakes, it's how we recover from them, and that can be as powerful as because we're human. So we're going to do dumb stuff. Uh, but I, I wondered if there were other things that you learned from experiences that weren't as enabling that you thought, ooh, I, I, I remember the scar that this has left and I'm going to learn from it. Yeah, I think um, my first full-time job, which was in a management position, but I had a supervisor who I really loved at the time and respected, um, you know, uh, when when I, I I feel like I I brought him in really close, thinking assuming that I could like trust that like there's a time where our leadership hats are on, and then there are also times where our leadership hats are off and it's friend hats on, uh, and I made that mistake. His leadership hat was always on. Um, yeah, so I confided in him. I'm like, listen, man, I want to talk to you about something. I've been approached with this other vocational opportunity. Um, can we just have that chat? I know you're my boss, but I would love just your advice. And it was like everything changed in that moment where uh, our warm and collegial, and I would have said friendship, was very infrequent, if at all. Um, So he made life and work very, very difficult for me. Um, So yeah, I would say, and I understand, like he, we had a really good working relationship. The organization that I was a part of was doing really well. 
Um, in my perspective, I wanted to, to leave uh, at the apex of the experience of being on staff there, not, not on a decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just didn't see things the same way. So I think, uh, and he had his reasons. I'm not trying necessarily to throw smoke at him. He was leading the organization. So there were a lot more things on his list than there were mine. But from my perspective, I was like, man, it, it really would have been better if I had like a, a colleague and even a manager alongside me for mm. this, you know? And even if we depart, even like that, that collegial friendship, I just wish we could have left on a, an agreeable same page with, with grief and, and loss and shoot, I wish you weren't going, but I wish, I wish we could have done that. Um, and we didn't. I think the scar tissue, and I love how you put that, is it felt like for me that carried over to my very next role. And I found myself, guys, acting the same jerky way to another employee that reported to me within two years. Wow. Wow. Super sucked. And I remember in conversations with this guy being like, well, if you leave, then that I'm like, what is happening? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. And so years later, like like years later, following back up with this guy and being like, I just I seeing him in a conference and being like, Matt, I need to apologize to you. And he's like, Yeah, I think you do. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and with no buts, yeah. you know, which yeah. kind of sucked to do. But I was like, Yeah, I I I was pretty full of myself. I was okay with leaving bodies behind the bus, and you were one of them. And I was wrong. I'm just really sorry. And that's the thing. We are human, right? We do make mistakes, even with our greatest intentions. We go into things and, and, and do that. But it's so, you know, we, we, uh, I've had those similar experiences. And it, how much better is it to say, well, I'm excited. I'm really disappointed and sad that you're leaving. I'm, I'm really excited about your opportunity. How can we, um, build the best transition plan? To get yeah. someone on board that you can share your wisdom and knowledge so that we can do it. I mean, it's so smoother, but, but we get fear kicks in, yep. ego kicks in, and we begin to back ourselves into a corner. And I loved your, uh, your honesty of, you know, you think, well, of course, Jimmy, the next time I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow through that and I'm going to apply this wisdom as I, teach and bring people on but the reality <laughs> is we don't we we yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and lots of things impact that but that's that's so true greg and i have talked uh over the years doing this podcast and i think both greg uh you and myself have found ourselves in positions on leadership teams where uh you know somebody's in that position where oh what's my next step and stuff and i have this opportunity or i'm being headhunted We've both been that other manager that people would go to. And, and, uh, in my case, it was often organic and yours probably organic, but also you're big into, you know, having these types of relationships in, in organizations and kind of making them more formal. But there, you know, just that, uh, ability to be that person for somebody else is, uh, uh, you know, really, really important. And, yeah. and though, and that builds that going back to your relationship with these people that have influenced you, it also sets you up to be, um, kind of a, a good force for that person for years. Yeah. 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 So well put. yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I'm reading lots about uh, stay interviews have come back up on the on everywhere. Everybody's talking about stay interviews, and, and listen, I these were big ten years ago, um, and and they're rather than exit interviews, have stay interviews. Uh, but but I honestly think that the kind of conversations you had in your bakery, 
is kind of a stay interview. But if you're having regular dialogue with your team members, say, how's it going? What's working? What's not working? How can I support you better? What are you learning? Those types of things. Regular conversation eliminates the need for formal stay interviews. Now, I'm not discounting stay interviews because they are good. If you haven't done it in a while, then you better have those conversations and they're hel- they're healthy and you can understand what's going on ahead of time. But uh, regular uh, uh, conversations is really a good thing to do too. And it takes the stigma, you know, the first time you had a conversation with these two new employees, and am, am I in trouble? But if you have continual, like, you know, every so often, I know you like things in a formula. I like things a little bit more organic, but it's the same result is you, know, you walk by, hey, Jimmy, how's it going today? Yeah, good. Yeah. Any problems today? Anything you need? Uh, you know, we're out of $5 bills. Uh, yep. can you get some? Yeah. I'll, I'll on it right away. Sure. And it takes that stigma. You know, I've seen, I've seen that in my own experience where I go to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Says, what did I do something wrong? Yeah. No, no, actually you did something right. And I just wanted to say, yep. Hey, you know, well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. That's cool. How has your personal journey, uh, affected your leadership journey? Are, are there points that kind of push you along or have influenced you in your journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would say my family of origin for sure has been, have, has been one of those things, you know, um, I'm an Enneagram eight with a nine wing, which means I really value loyalty, safety, justice, uh, and like being heard, but also having people being heard and typically eights with that wing. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, um, oftentimes, not always, but that's formed out of, uh, like, childhood or familial trauma, which I have no shortage of. So when I was a kid, my sister passed away quite suddenly. So that was like, I remember being a kid in my front yard and seeing my oldest sister like head to the hospital with flu-like symptoms and then never coming home. Mm -hmm. So that will shape you of like, wow, I have one family. I have one family. So better invest there and I better protect and I don't want to experience this again. And then I'm the baby. So that was Sandy, my oldest sister. And then my now oldest sister, middle sister, uh, Joy, um, has lived with a disability her entire life. She's uh, deaf. Um, so reads lips and, and sign language. So there's a lot of those things that that influence insecurity for sure, but also future leadership perspective. And I think one of the things that I've learned but also had to be reminded of is like you don't know what people are going through Mm. right so whether it's a bad performance evaluation whether it's a bad performance on a day a bad attitude is like trying to create the discipline in myself out of my personal journey of like okay hold on here what do i want to tackle first with this person is it their performance and benefit to the organization or is it the person and the care for the whole person first Mm. you know and i Sometimes get that twisted for sure. But I think out of my own personal journey of like a lot of crappy stuff, mm. you know, of being reminded um, and trying to keep as much as possible at the forefront of like everybody is in pain in some way, shape or form. Everybody can use encouragement in some way, shape or form. Everybody wants to experience joy and wholeness in some way, shape or form. So how can I even just to like in a minuscule way be an agent of that, a conduit, um, for that imperfectly for sure. Um, but, but how do I try with people? Mm. 
I love that. Uh, the, of course, the Enneagram is Alistair knows is one of my favorites. And, you know, really, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as an, as an eight, you know, you initiate with doing and then tap into thinking and you tend to repress the feeling aspect of it, especially yep. of others. And that beautiful line to the two, which is what are the needs of others mm-hmm. in this moment? And what are yep. my needs at this moment? Cause you're, you know, beautifully driven to justice and, and your background and experience, your life, life experience. I totally understand that. But just again, mm-hmm. It's being more aware of what are those tendencies and uh, and how do I create those pauses and and dive where I need to dive in order to have a fuller approach to it is a beautiful uh, beautiful um, uh, um, acknowledgement of understanding yourself and figuring out what what do I want to tweak here what do I need to learn from taking that beautiful you know strength that you have uh, and even make it more. Uh, fuller impactful what i like yeah. about that jimmy is is quite often the the, the aspect of uh, acceptance this is where i came from yeah. these are the things that influenced my life and just acknowledging those things because they are built you know a huge influence on who we become and, and i'm always amazed sometimes when people you know having a conversation with somebody and you know even a, a question like oh where'd you go to school well what does that matter it's like, oh, you know, it, it does actually matter, right? Because it, you know, it gives me an, an idea who you are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I just love that, that, that idea that we, we accept where we came from. Um, yeah. you know, the good, the bad, all of it, it makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always a liability, like even no. pain and, uh, hardship that you experience in your leadership journey. Like I, I, I from my experience, most often, not always, but most often you're, you're you shelf that or or you privatize that. Be like, okay, this is a liability and a weakness. I'm just going to put this over here. Um, what, like even better if y- you, you recognize how that's being a liability, but a formative shaping experience uh, as an asset for your leadership as well. Not just ignoring the problem and like mitigating that weakness, but n- recognizing that weakness as something that shapes your, um, your leadership profile, your ability to lean in and speak in, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of people that I've journeyed with as a pastor in ministry who, you know, I sit with, um, people all the time who are dying, uh, or family members who have lost somebody. And to be able to, even at a younger age, sit with them and go, I actually know exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I just met with a couple, uh, a friend of mine who lost his sister suddenly and tragically this past week. Uh, and I know why. He reached out to me because I was like, I, I know exactly what you're going through. You know, it's not the same scenario, but it's a very, it's similar circumstances. So being able to lead with and by example, that often is credited as a liability, but is actually an asset when it comes to people. I love that. Yeah. And I also like that vulnerability aspect, you know, as leaders, often we try to keep things in so people don't know us yep. and uh, sharing struggles and sharing uh, um, challenges and learnings those types of things can be so powerful because then all of a sudden you become real Uh, you're not this uh, perfect person that stands up top that uh, you think you got all the answers my the best leaders were ones that um, that that said you know I don't know or you know what here's here's what I'm 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 struggling with and you know as Mm. a seven on the Enneagram my biggest learning is to, to if I'm feeling crappy to say you know what I'm I, I'm off today, yep. uh, and and so I'm gonna come uh, a little crunchy. 
because usually I think I'm <laughs> usually I think I'm faking it, and no one will know because I'm everybody such an knows up- Greg. Everybody, everybody knows. knows Greg. So, so it's so interesting. So I also want to just talk a little bit. You have a really interesting role because you're a teaching and coaching. I think was the description that yep. we had both of those spaces. So how does how does that fit into the leadership journey? And uh, you know, especially that teaching part because. Uh, you know that that uh, yeah. So I'm just curious as to uh, as to as to that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been a bit of a gradual evolution. It's something like even back to that first example that I gave of of um, an older seasoned leader seeing something in me. I never, like I said, I always thought I would be a high school teacher, or you know, I there was a brief stint in school where I was like, maybe I want to like go into investments. You know, who knows. Um, so to be in this position now, I don't think it was like, a, oh, I man, when I was 19, I knew it. I went to school for it. I trained for it. And here I am. No surprises. Uh, incorrect. Yeah, it, it was a gradual evolution of process of affirmation um, from people that I worked with. Also, just some really freaking crappy circumstances over the past few years and um, my current vocational context that kind of led me to this to this space. But, um, you know, coming back to the Enneagram, which I realize is not what this podcast is about, but like as, as somebody, they should be sponsoring us, Jimmy, they should be 100% be sponsoring us. Send the check, send the check. Um, yeah. Somebody who thirsts for like, I, I crave truth as an eight and I crave justice. So to have that be forming of like, well, that's just, I think there, there's a fire inside me that wants to, um, have that influence like this current platform and and portfolio Mm. so yeah if you would have said to me a decade ago hey like what do you think about being a teaching pastor um and and doing coaching as well at a a large church that's going to go through some stuff does that sound fun i'd have been like (laughs) no no i'm good thanks like are you guys hiring so (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah it's been an interesting journey that i um I have, I'm a journaler, so I I have often looked back at my journal and been like, how did I get here? Why am I, what is, how did I get here and why am I still here? Um, But for the time being, yeah, I am here. It is a rewarding job. Um, You know, like I get to read and study and research and dialogue and then uh, share with the few thousand of my closest friends what I'm learning week to week. Mm. I'm just curious because as as someone who is is uh, some of our listeners may be you know in the journey towards becoming a leader what mm. are the what are the things that you and uh, I'll go off script a little bit but what really you, that, yeah, never really, happens. that never happens great <laughs> but I, i'm just curious as you said you didn't really have that plan necessarily i'm similar mm-hmm. to that plan but what were kind of some of the attributes which have helped you along the way to be open to and to move towards things that were really important in your growth journey that you might have not planned, but like what are the, and, and we're all different to your point, probably to mm-hmm. Enneagram or our styles and our approaches, all those things. But for you personally, what are the, what are the one or two things that you would say that have really helped you uh, navigate that journey? Yeah, I think, um, One would, I would say my dad of like, you know, my dad was in a career for like 28 years uh, and then just like about faced 
changed. So seeing that as a teenager, like change careers, change vocations, everything, like it, it was, it was a, it was a time period. That's for sure. Mm. But seeing that, that like for my dad, the recognition as a kid is like, this is possible. Like you can go into a career for 25 years and be like, I don't like this. Like, mm. I don't like it. So you don't have to just be, well, you know, you kind of put on the golden handcuffs, bite down and, you know, hopefully you get to retirement in one piece. I, I think we've been lied to oftentimes in, in our work world and leadership journey is like you fit into one mold and you're that forever. I don't think that's true. So mm. I think seeing living, breathing examples of people who like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try something different and creative, uh, I think has been um, one really important thing. I think in terms of my specific role as a teacher communicator, seeing people who do it well with joy um I mean, is is amazing. Uh, there's two stand-up comedian, like two two stand-up comedy acts that I could probably recite for you verbatim because of how impactful uh, they were for me, and have nothing to do with my vocation, but just some like, oh, this is a concept, an idea, a delivery with such joy and hilarity that I will never forget. This mm. I think was really formative and shaping. Um, and then, you know. Uh, Read uh, as part of my role, reading like a few pretty sacred pieces of writing um, that have been really formative, continuously formative in my leadership journey. That's really interesting. You've slid right into our next question, which I think is, mm. you know, so much of your job is about communications and and mm. the body of work, the examples that you're talking about on a weekly basis, you and and, and the rest of your team. And I've heard you and your team uh, speak on a regular basis and. You know, you're talking to a large group of people online yeah. and in person. And, uh, you know, I make the observation that, you know, you're talking about subject matter that's ancient, that came out of an oral tradition. There are some yep. writings in it. The language that people spoke day to day, I don't think exists anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, a lot of the texts are in like ancient Greek or, or uh, Latin, which none of us speak here. But I, I just, you know, how are, you know, you've kind of given us a little bit of a glimpse that, uh, that you like a lot of comedy, which we do as well. But, you know, what are some of the things that helps? Because your leadership role is very specific. Your job is to communicate. I mean, there's other aspects to your job, obviously, as a pastor, but what are the things that you have found helpful or that you've experienced that has helped you kind of tame that a little bit and, and enabled you to do the job that you need to do? Yeah, great question. Um, I think trusted feedback is um is one of the key things, you know, cuz you're right. There there are sometimes uh where um not just in my current setting, but like I I've um been fortunate enough to speak at some larger conferences at times and like you do so much prep, so much work to deliver this like address and then it ends. You know, and part of you as a communicator who's put that much time and you feel like there should be like a parade after, you know, <laughs> um, but there isn't. It's just like, hey, that was good. And one of the most like and I understand where it comes from, um, but one of the most like kind of deafening and defeating things that you can hear from somebody as it relates to feedback after is like, hey, that was good. <laughs> it's like, well, OK, what which part yeah, <laughs> where you uh, where you spoke? I like to tell you. <laughs> Said things. And it's like, oh, what am I doing? 
you know, but the trusted feedback from people, like I think in all of our leadership journeys and offices, there are some people who give feedback and you're like, I appreciate where this is coming from. I don't know that that will make it into my soul today. Uh, and then there are other people when they give feedback, you're like, whoa, I need to carve out some time here because this is somebody who has my back, who is consistent in their character, is listening, is present, and wants to offer either affirmation or constructive criticism. So yeah, I would say from my role specifically as a communicator, trusted and consistent feedback from like people that I um, am along for the journey with um, is paramount, is paramount. Um yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that's I'm I'm struggling to come up with examples outside of that because it's just been so formative feedback. No, I think it's really cool. A question I'll ask you: Do you listen to what you say afterwards? Uh, I do because um, I and my like our, our team we try to create like a regular rhythm and habit of doing that, um, and it's the worst because <laughs> you can tend to be your own self critic but uh it's good to pay attention to even the things that you don't notice um verbal tics and things that you can just be like oh wow i do that hmm. so and if you want another really great and painful form of criticism is children like having your kids <laughs> <laughs> they're listening week over week and yeah i remember uh it was really helpful but our our youngest Ella, she came and sat in, and what I thought was like a really great teaching. And she's like, "Can I tell you something?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, let's go." And she's like, "You adjust your glasses so much, and it's so irritating and distracting." <laughs> I was like, "That's that's it, yeah." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, there's there's the honest again. Somebody who's trusted, loves me, is along for the ride, and there's something that I can do today to to." <laughs> improve so yeah I, I listen to myself back uh, as a discipline not as a joy it's it's a weird thing to hear your own voice well we uh you know i'm gonna let people behind the magic of podcasting but uh number one i get the edited so uh we can limit the damage <laughs> but uh perfect <laughs> but uh i actually listen to every episode we do probably three or four times usually on different really? devices just to listen how it's coming across because our our what we're chasing after here besides the you know, the back and forth and the flow and all that stuff and a little bit of information is the perfect sound. So, uh, mm. and quite often you'll, you'll go, do I say that? Do I like, I, I, my thing is, I think I say it all the time and I, I know I say it and I, I edit as much of it out as I can, but we all have those ticks. But I think, uh, when you're in the business of communicating to talking to people, listening to it is a painful thing. Like yeah. nobody that talks into a microphone likes the way that they vo their voice sounds. Totally. They like totally. the way everybody else's voice sounds. And yep. uh, I was going to say, I think, but I'm going <laughs> to say, it. I think it's really important to, if you're talking a lot is to listen to yourself and go, yeah. okay, that wasn't as clear as I thought it would be. I need another yep. word for that. I need the pauses. Uh, one of the things I know as you do, which is a very effective is, when you get to a certain point, you'll say it like two or three times if it's a mm -hmm. question or a point. And then, you know, you as a, me as a listener goes, oh, I need to be listening to this. This is the part of the talk that's really important that yeah. there's an underline underneath. And I think listening to yourself and I listen, there's a couple episodes where I probably listened to it 10 times. I went, I wow. didn't quite say what I wanted to say uh, or there is some kind of tick. 
yeah, I got to work on that. So, you know, it's one of those technical things, but it is part of the the magic, right? Yeah, and I'm smiling yeah. because I listened to it once. Uh, um, because if I don't, Once? Alistair will really get mad at me for not saying it. And, and See, I'm leadership I'm, vulnerability, right, right, right? I'm less detail oriented. Uh, when you said, you know, the main thing we're trying to do is make sure everything sounds perfect. And I'm thinking, well, that's, that's Alistair's main thing, but that's Alistair's gift as well. Cause he right. can really right. just make magic with some things. And part of that trust level that you talked about, I think is really important. And for Alistair and I, you know, I, I just, I, I trust Alistair to really pull out the things and and make it sound the important aspects of, of you know whatever we need to to make it sound that sounds but really i also important. won't put it out unless you've listened to it no that's right, right? yeah it just so doesn't go yeah it doesn't yeah, go yeah yeah no i i love i just love your comment about and i think you know what's interesting as a leader that whole idea of surrounding yourself with people that you trust that love you that are that are that are for you that are for that development I think in on in our podcast we talk about two sides. We talk about the side of as a leader, but as a team member as well, mm-hmm. and that's equally important. So yeah. look around and who can I build trust with to a situation that I can be that voice of loving, positive encouragement and also feedback to say, hey, yeah. here's one thing. You know, how do we? And, and and kids are amazing at that. You know, they they. They can just say they just love you and want to, but and want to share exactly what they see. What a beautiful yeah. gift! Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, I that's agree. so true. Yeah. Well, we've come almost near the end. Uh, we'll do some uh, final thoughts, Jimmy. Do you have any final thoughts today? I think I would just come back to um, you know something that I'm still learning and processing through as a, as a leader, and especially as an enneagram eight who's who's i tend to be fairly driven is like always trying to see people before um performance Mm -hmm. um which i don't always get right but like always seeing the the person holistically wonderfully made with deep value before like their benefit to uh, my organization uh, my bottom line Uh, i think that'll always speak higher and louder than this person got us this as opposed to we invested in this person and just even if they're 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 leaving uh we are better for having them here and they are better for um being part of this organization uh, greg yeah i'll just add on to that because i loved two or three of your examples was all about being present yeah. and my meditation this morning was asking myself throughout the day am i awake am i awake mm-hmm. to this moment And, uh, you know, that older gentleman was present and awake to that moment and, and then had the courage to step into that moment. So it's one thing seeing it and being there. And the second thing is, how do I move forward in a, in a loving, giving way to, to, to feed into this person around me? So a number of your examples had that. So, uh, and as a seven on the Enneagram, I, I need to be more present and more awake because I'm always on to the next thing and I'm clicking right. five things ahead and you're the and, marathon man. Right. Right. And I, but I've learned that when I'm actually there, when I am awake, when I am present to the people that I'm with in the moment, Oh, beautiful things come up. Even and, better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, for me, uh, that idea of, uh, who do you want to be and, uh, how are you going to help other people to be mm. who they want to be and identifying people and, and reaching out and supporting them and, and being that person for other people. Cause 
I could give you a list of probably 10 people that have been highly influential in my life. And I can probably give you a bigger list of people that are just like, I want out of here. I don't want anything to do yeah. with this. So I, I really, really like that. And and the whole uh, idea of people over, over progress or process, um, you know, I think a lot of people think in the very short term and that's, you know, a short term result. So we can, you know, Hey, look what I've done or whatever it is in the long run. When you look after people, uh, people will look after you. And even if they move on and go somewhere else, the boomerang effect, or next thing you know, you're doing business with another company and you're looking across the table from somebody that you've mentored, that you've had a really good relationship Mm -hmm. to. It's a very, very different, um, conversation. So, uh, Jimmy, uh, you're going to send me uh, a link to the coffee shop. Yep. And what else do you got going on? Can I put, I'll put your LinkedIn profile on the show notes and, and maybe one for the meeting house as well. But is there anything else going on that you want to share with uh, our listeners? Well, I think it's been great to, to listen in on uh, y'all's leadership journey. And I, I will tune in also if you're in the Brantford or Hamilton or Port Colborne area and you want to stop in for probably the best cupcake that you'll ever have beyond the batter. It's okay. I need a link for that too. It's awesome that as well. And no, it's you, been a, are, it's been great to talk with you guys. Are there are you have do you have three locations or is it one location? Oh, wow, did you say Brantford? Yep, Brantford, uh, Stony Creek, Hamilton, and uh, Port Colborne. My hometown is there. Uh, I think Port Colborne. We're heading there to Montreal. I don't know how close. So uh, get those to me because I'm a big cupcake fan. And so uh, <laughs> hey, good to know. Is so nice. is there a box of cupcakes outside of Greg's door right now? Is that what <laughs> there is? There is. If yeah. If, it doesn't, if it's not there yet, just wait. <laughs> that is awesome. Before we yeah. go into kind of our, our closing routine, uh, Jimmy, I just want to thank you so much for for uh, sharing some time with us and. Uh, uh, I was looking forward to this and I, I think you just add a lot to the conversations that we've been having recently. And, uh, I, it's just a good thing to talk about different things and to bring in different types of industries or interests into the conversation. Cause I think we all learn from each other and yet there's some common experiences that we share as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So folks, we hope that some of what we've spoken about, you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry, but Greg, uh, your philosophy, again, I think is really, really important as we uh, finish up with this episode. Yeah, we always end each episode with a great insight that my first coach gave me. And she said, you know, when we're together and we're talking about different ideas and thoughts, there are going to be some things that are just going to make you crunchy. They're going to make you maybe even peeved off. Uh, things that you wish you had done better or things that you're maybe not doing as well or, or things that maybe even you might disagree with on first. And then there's also going to be things that bring you joy, things that are, boy, are aligned to you, are making traction in that. And we always say, and she told me that, you know, pause in both of those areas because in those both areas are gifts of learning and growth. So we always hope in our podcast that we you feel a little crunchy and you feel a little joy and uh, pause for both and uh, see what's in there for you. And who are you talking to? Don't mm-hmm. do it alone. Mm-hmm. So shout out. Yeah. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we're getting a lot of international people dropping in and downloading all sorts of stuff. So Al Mansura, Egypt. Oh, awesome. And I can't read my own writing, but Lanis, Argentina. Wow. We've had, Jimmy, it's kind of funny. You know, we started this just to, to mess keep around, our, keep ourselves sane during COVID. And we have people from all over the world listening to us. Uh, and it is, it is lovely because what, what, what we're hearing and what we understand is, you know, the situations are somewhat different, but the, 
the needs, the intentions, the, the, the desires are, are often the same, uh, and yeah. wherever you are. So we're really grateful for folks and we welcome these new listeners to our uh, podcast. Joining the club. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.